0: Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Song School Show. My name's Peter Baxter and today we'll be playing back a A masterclass that was recorded recently live in the Cabin Barry Room of the National Concert Hall right here in Dublin. It featured two very special guests, Neil Hannon from The Divine Comedy and Paul Noonan from Bell X1. As well as being accomplished songwriters, they are both members of the inaugural artist writing space which is located in the National Concert Hall. And so ladies and gentlemen, Neil Hannon and Paul Noonan. So, I uh, wanted to start off, as was very informal today, so we don't know where we're going, we just spoke about that outside, uh, but we'll start here and see where we go. Mm, okay. okay, can you tell us how you became songwriters?
1: I thought you were going to say, so, <laughs> so the intro, how do you do an intro?
0: Well, that can be true, yes, that's yes, it. Yes. Okay. Um, fledgling at the introduction yeah. stakes, but
1: uh, how did you become a songwriter? Um... I will start because I'm older. <laughs> um, how did I become a songwriter? I I was a child, and then I watched people singing songs, primarily on Top of the Pops, and also my elder brothers had got records, you know, and I listened to them, and I thought that looks like a pretty cool job, um, you know, and I was looking around for a potential career, and I thought I'll give that a shot. But no, I sort of wrote my first offerings when I was about 12, 13. Um, And they're very interesting. But, you know, I always got to the end. Very good. You know, I I made three-minute-long songs, even if they were spectacularly awful. Do they exist anywhere? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Locked in a (laughs) vault. Yeah. And um, it was just a question of, um, ignoring schoolwork really and getting on with uh, you know trying again and again and again and gradually they got better yeah
2: go. Paul, I, I think i was later I, I didn't really i was more of a musician at various things before i actually wrote any songs i, yeah. I uh, started yeah. as a as a, a uh, played recorder in school band and i was eight and nine and then i progressed to a concert flautist, and then they brought a drummer in one day to the to the to the concert band and i I couldn't play while the drummer was playing. I thought it was the most exciting thing I'd ever heard. Of live drums okay. at the age of ten or eleven, or 11. Uh-huh. and I, I then became the, the sort of slowly became part of the percussion section of the of the orchestra. And uh, I, 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 th- I sort of was happy with my lot as a drummer, to be honest. And then um, through the band, through my first band Juniper, we, we, we sort of encouraged each other to sort of swap instruments and learned the guitar, three chords, and sort of went from there. And that was at the age of maybe, I was, late, I was late, 18 or 19, okay. I think, when I wrote my first songs. But um, I, I wasn't particularly confident at it, so we, 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 it took a while to sort of build up the confidence section, play them or perform them in any way. Right. So, um, I still sort of, in some ways I'm a, a drummer who had ideas beyond the stage. <laughs> well, what about the flute? Are you still <laughs> I know I sold my flute to buy a drum kit. Should be in hear the song, flute should on be. your next
0: <laughs> <cell. laughs> so Today we're, we're going to uh, really focus on songwriting, and that's the element today. So, and there'll be a Q and A at the end, I should say as well. By the way, so if you have any questions, follow me. it will uh, be an opportunity to say hello and, and have a chat at the end. We talked about your brother's um, record collection. What sort of stuff would you have been listening to? What were your
1: early influences? Primarily the Electric Light Orchestra, ELO. I was brainwashed with ELO from a young age. Hence all the strings (laughs) in my records and all the close harmonies, you know, and the woos and (laughs) stuff. Um, It's funny, um, I think if you really are forced to listen to a certain type of music, uh, then you can almost never escape it after that if, if it was at a young, impressionable age. Yeah. And um, so. Have you come across him? So, um, I've yet to meet him. My good friend and a comrade, Thomas Walsh, managed to blag his way into the. F- like, he, uh, Jeff was being given the freedom of Birmingham and he managed to get th- to meet his ultimate idol. Yeah and uh, he, he hasn't stopped talking about it since. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, what else was I with, I guess there was um, a lot of synth pop. It was the period, you know, sort of, yeah. 78 to 83 was my kind of golden era. Uh, and um, also, you know, Elvis Costello. Actually, these, I'm I'm being selective because obviously I was a massive Nick Kershaw fan.
3: Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, you have to be uh, honest, you know. And I bought, you know, rat Rapping by Roland Rat. So we all have
2: skeletons in the
1: closet. Yeah.
0: In the record collection. Yeah. yeah very good. Paul, what about you? Well,
2: I had no uh, older siblings, so I relied on sort of older brothers and friends. And um, <coughs> uh, Spring, Bruce Springsteen, uh, Supertramp. I remember playing It's Raining so. Again by Supertramp <laughs> <laughs> on the kazoo. Uh, very annoying for a long time. And, uh, talking Heads were definitely there from the from that period as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember being you know, as a, as a like I would have been very young, like eight or nine years old, and, and, and seeing just the, the physicality of David Byrne in those videos was had an incredible appeal yeah. at that level, at that age. Yeah. You know, it it, um, it maybe some may say, say that, that the the whole Talking Heads David Byrne thing seeped in a little too strongly. But, um, <laughs> we're, all, we're all the sum of our influences true, yes. But you, I mean, uh, that you can't escape no, you those, can. those very forms of and Why should you be
1: true. Yeah. Um <laughs> I remember vividly seeing uh, you know uh, uh, you know letting the days go by.
4: Uh, once, yes, in a lifetime. once in a lifetime.
1: Yeah. The video for that on Top of the Pops, you know, when I was eleven was just like what is that? <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, but I was, you know, you kind of. There's a lot of music. I think you're influenced by, because you're scared of it. It's like it seems so other, and exotic. Yeah. But that's good too to be scared of things.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you know. And even instinctively, at that, but it had that effect at that age. And I've read a lot about that record since, and that they did with Brian Eno. You know, like most of the songs are too cold. Yeah. You know, that they have they were very unconventional in that sense. And so, yeah. you, so if you get into analyzing them at that level, it's another level of appreciation.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
0: and the arrangements too. In fact, both of those, if you think about their, their arrangements, are quite complex but simple, yeah. particularly maybe talking heads, pretty <laughs> production. Yeah. The best well. thing
1: about that song is the bass line, which is like one, two, ba-bom-bom-bom. bom bom Boom, 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 all the way through the song. <laughs> it's just yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fair
0: point. What, what about current stuff? Are you listening to anything or do you tend to stay away from current releases if you're writing yourself?
2: Uh, I, do, I do listen to... i do listen to Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Some may say to my shame I have a, like a Deezer uh, subscription so I don't actually buy a whole lot of music anymore. What's Deezer? It? Yes. It's like Spotify but... Was here earlier. What's no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It? Okay. Yeah. Do they pay us properly? They. It's a bit of a unknown. Yeah. <laughs> Do we like them? Yeah.
4: Uh,
2: <laughs> but yeah, bands like Vampire Weekend, who I know you're a fan yeah. of, uh, yeah. I find it incredibly inventive from record to record. Uh, we grow up to love the last, the last record on that level mm-hmm. There's a great. It, often I, I find them really attracted to records that sound like. They found new toys and there's an incredibly childish glee about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're having, you know, very you know, just having great fun with these well-written songs, but then dressing them with, with something sort of special. I think that's
1: the problem these days: is sort of nobody looks like they're quite having enough fun when they're making pop music, but yeah. it all seems terribly serious. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously you can be serious about the. The task whilst enjoying it also.
0: Yeah, lots of angst.
1: Maybe. A lot of angst. Yeah. <laughs> but,
0: uh, and tell me, when you're writing, do you have a particular schedule, technique, or a format that both of you take forward? What would you do? Uh,
2: I, I tend to sort of take notes as things uh, occur to me. Usually on my phone. Uh, even in the middle of the night, I would wobble into my phone or write stuff on mm. notes uh, and then come back to them and try to sort of piece songs together, even from a few fragments of different things that have... Is that lyric or...? L- lyric, yeah. yeah. Or, you know, when I'm singing, there will be sort of like a riff of mind or a line to the tune of... So.
0: And would you find that you generally go to guitar then, or...?
2: Guitar or piano, yeah. yeah. Guitar was sort of before piano, but the, the last, um, last record was pretty much written on piano. Okay, what well, about you,
0: yeah, Would you be similar? We or? could
1: swap. Uh, you know, voice memos, because <laughs> uh, I do exactly the same. See, i I just check my, my sticky, my current sticky. <laughs> that could right. be an interesting collaboration. I'll have to turn it off. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I generally I prefer notebooks. <laughs> okay. I have got
2: a notebook. You can do a little moleskin,
1: are Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, only moleskins. Um, in fact, this one is ri- sorry, we're getting off message a little bit, but uh, it's Music Manuscript Moleskip. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I just scroll. All over. <laughs> um, but, um, no, I, I generally sort of put things on my phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, if I hear a, sort of a, a phrase or a read a phrase or, you know, that kind of, I don't know. It's whether it sort of amuses me, or confuses me, or just sounds good, you know, write it down. And uh, then a lot of my songs have been uh, sort of, all of the notes just crammed together <laughs> into one thing. It's like sweeping up all the extra stuff and sticking it all <laughs> into one song. It really works,
0: yeah. Would you start with the lyric first then, or would you, generally, or would you
1: Um, It's both, I kind of, write music independently of the lyrics Okay. Just little scraps of stuff and then maybe the same day or maybe months later I kind of listen, read through my notebooks and I think oh well that might be able to attach to this tune or something like this yeah. and then generally you kind of shoehorn the lyric in there and then start kind of trying to expand upon it once it's in the kind of once you know the phrasing that you're going to use,
0: uh, would you have a would you say piano, or guitar, or would you have a instrument you go to by default?
1: It's a bit of both, actually. Yeah, just like Paul. Um, um, I suppose in recent years it's been more piano, just because I started playing uh, my shows just on my own on the piano, so I got much much better at it, and that kind of led to more ideas on the piano. How, how, as songwriters,
0: and obviously with with the, the success you've had, do you feel there's any uh, influence, or is it is it hard to write subsequently from having success, or do you find that that would influence what you're doing, or do you try and just put it away out of mind?
2: Uh, I we went through a phase of being very lucky with having radio hit singles and. Um I think it did it, when we came to make the next record we there was a sort of unspoken um uh, criteria that, that, that should continue, you know, and um it, it and it, not that it affected the writing initially, but it definitely affected the song choices and how and this idea of sort of choosing these are going to be the singles, so let's make them most singly. Right. And so that did sort of success did change the makeup of records in that sense. It's not necessarily a bad thing, I think, or <laughs> well, hasn't been. Yeah. No, I think <coughs> I think
1: uh, one mustn't dismiss the uh, <coughs> chart sort of hit idea, even though there's almost no such thing as a chart hit anymore. Um, <coughs> you still, I think, they, they're like hinges that records are built around almost, and um, they're usually not the best songs on a record, but uh, they're just the ones that people might remember the tune on. (laughs) And I have nothing against, you know, catchiness. Sure. In fact, I think it's something I strive for because I want people to remember my songs. Call it ego. I (laughs) don't know. I just want them to hum them as they're walking down the street. It's like, that's what songs are for, I think, you know. But you're talking
0: about how music's changing, and it has, I think, probably in the last 10 years, has been a phenomenal change in how music's consumed and, and whether that be legally or illegally downloaded and different attitudes towards such. The concept of maybe going and physically buying a CD even is changing. People don't necessarily do that. Have you any thoughts on how music might...
1: Um, well plenty and none very positive uh, it's, a, it's a tricky old uh, marketplace out there um, because people keep coming along and pinching the apples um, to continue the marketplace metaphor uh, it's just uh, I think there's a problem in that people don't seem to value or they don't recognize how things are made You know, they don't understand that there's somebody at the the end of the line whose livelihood depends on this, you know. And, you know, if musicians aren't paid properly, there's going to be less and less good music. I mean, there'll be plenty of music, but it'll get worse. But specifically songwriters, though, I'd say. Yeah. That songwriters
0: have to be paid for their creativity and their efforts.
1: Well, I mean, if you're the songwriter in a band, you're automatically in a better position than the rest of the guys. But... uh, it's still, it's good. I mean, you know, uh, I always wanted to play solo uh, because I thought it'd be fun and I'd look like no Coward. Uh, but I was virtually forced into it in the end because of financial circumstances you know, I really could not afford to take a whole band and sort of, you know, crew on the road. So, uh, yeah, buy
2: the records. <laughs> <laughs> what about it, music has definitely been devalued in that sense, that you can get anything for free if you want it. Sure. Um, but I think the genie's out of the bottle, and trying to sort of patch it's it rapid <laughs> its 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 pointless. I think. Uh, and you know, as, as Neil said, like it's—it's it's harder and harder to tour. Everyone's touring far more when we book tours in the States, there's this incredibly annoying process now where you have to book tours a year down the line, and lots of people have booked the same nights in the same venue so you have to challenge them, and there's various levels of challenging slots and you know, it becomes this matrix of madness and you're t- putting tours together there. so yeah. no much demand. Luckily they don't lines. like me over
0: there, so <laughs> <laughs> <I don't care. laughs> How hard is it logistically to schedule a tour then? Because, uh, yeah, they're
2: pretty hard. Our agent does it, so God bless him.
0: But uh, just on that uh, concept of y- your musicians, you get the best studio you can get. Y- we were talking before, You're very interested in sounds, so you know as a musician you want your songs to sound the best they can, so you get a good engineer, a good producer, you get the song mastered, you put it out there, somebody rips a song from YouTube, it sounds nothing near sonically as good as what you have strived to be. That must be incredibly frustrating, because people are listening to your music and judging it on a poor audio quality as well.
2: Yeah, I I wouldn't be a... a, there's, There's that... Neil Young thing that he's the product that he's yeah, launched that's, now. That, that's right. Have you heard about this? No. It's a new form of consuming music where you listen to it at 192 kilobits per second, which is like the high end of the sample rate. <laughs> okay. And apparently, it makes a world of a difference. He's, yeah, he
0: has a special stereo kind okay, so yeah. yeah, it's a
2: physical yeah. thing that he's selling. That then he's getting all these buddies to endorse, but. I'd have thought he wouldn't be that fussed about. Yeah, I would have thought so too. Yeah, that he'd be on vinyl all the way. Yeah.
0: When his hearing's gone, he said anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, Mightn't be the best
1: job, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I think just buy vinyl because it always sounded better anyway, and yeah. y- you get a lovely thing. I mean, I really missed the thing <coughs> element. Digitally,
4: yeah.
1: I always think. Well, I like what I'm hearing, but. I need something to hold in my hands and physically place on the turntable. You know, that's just—I'm just so old. <laughs> uh, and also, you know, I was uh, lucky enough to sort of do well in the '90s, and that was such a staggeringly different time that that has completely skewed my outlook. Uh, that, you know, people who are sort of. Uh, starting out now, you know, they don't know anything uh, else, so they, they kind of can start, they don't have that chip on their shoulder, <laughs> you know, so uh, I, I kind of did make records at a time when they really were profitable. Unfortunately, I spent all the money on orchestras.
4: <laughs> 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 well, you can spend it on far worse things. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know,
1: record companies would happily give you 40 grand to make a video. And can you imagine? You make a whole album for that yeah. if you're, you know, yeah. these days.
0: When we talk, one of the conversations, I suppose, similar generations is that you'd say the first record you bought, and I think some younger people are going to miss out on that because. If they hadn't bought it, what is it, the first song you ever downloaded? (laughs) Legally or illegally? But but we always talk about the first record you bought or what the most important record you bought, excuse me, when you were young. It's interesting, that's gone hasn't
1: it? Well, I don't know, you've just suddenly thought, I don't know what happens now. The first record I... No, the first (laughs) music I dialed up on Spotify.
2: But but music, regardless of, of how it's consumed or it's still it still has the power to move us. I mean, that's the sure. most important thing. Um, and just even talking about sort of spending, you know, trying to you know using studios and, and sort of making the best sounding product. I've I've come around to, to sort of it's what's more important is capturing moments. Hmm. It's capturing performance. It's capturing something that delivers an emotional impact,
4: mm-hmm.
2: um, partly because I just made a, um, my, my, my recent uh, side project was, was uh, the Printer Clips, which is a project of very simply recorded duets, that I recorded <coughs> myself with a laptop and four mics, and sort of traveled to various places to do that, and that was, sort of opened my eyes to that, I never thought that, that I could sort of <coughs> control that part of it, you know, mm-hmm. sort of come around to the idea that it, it, it was very empowering to sort of feel like you could. Okay. You know, that, that you don't have to hand the reins over to people to do that for you. Mm. Yeah, I've had to,
1: you know, take on more and more of uh, that stuff as well. Uh, and it has actually, by being sort of forced into the engineering role, suddenly you realise, yeah, this isn't so hard, you yeah. know. And... Uh, I like even know what an EQ is now,
2: and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, I, th- I think that's becoming, and people starting now, it's as important as playing an instrument. Yeah,
1: as long as it doesn't get in the way of a good
2: tune.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a different <laughs> sc- increasing your skill set maybe, or diversifying it a bit. But y- y- you were just mentioning that your you duets. Uh, uh, both of you have had um, collaborations in your career or, or um, how important do you find feel that is as an artist or a songwriter to, to collaborate? Uh,
2: yeah, it's it's very important. I've always collaborated on some level, be it with the band or you know, with this this project with you know one other person with each time. Um, and it's know, it, it it for me is more than sort of a confidence thing. It's when when it clicks, it can be you create something that's greater than some of its parts. Um, I, I, but you know, for a long time, I think I was, I would have struggled just to step up and, and really sort of lead. lead. within the band, I think I've, I've sort of grown into that position. Um, it's. It's all I know, really. it's is collaboration, but I don't okay.
0: know... Yeah, it wouldn't so, be a poet in uh, the garage, as such, no. 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 Oh, what about you, Nick?
1: Kind of the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I was such a lone, kind of, a lone wolf. <laughs> 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 Growing up, as was just like little guy in his bedroom, you know, working on these you know, te- crazy kind of uh, things. And... Uh, my early records are very, they sound like that, you know, just like, it was just me in the studio with some poor engineer who was trying to fathom what I was talking about. And uh, gradually more musicians sort of came in on the scene and I kind of had to work out how to get them to do what I wanted and it's taken, (laughs) I'm still doing it, you know, still trying to work it out. And I never thought I was a collaborator at all, I was just kind of, uh, someone who wrote songs, and made people do what I wanted. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, but I look back now, and I've done a remarkable amount of collaborations. Uh, More because I was very lucky in that people I really admired, you know, I got to work with. Uh, And so, yeah, I was especially pleased with teaching Tom Jones to sing all mine by Portishead. But, uh, you know and he said oh, I haven't tried to I haven't tried to sing a song this hard since uh, Bert taught me what's new pussycat. <laughs> uh, there's a story I'll tell at a song school. One <laughs> yeah, so uh no, I've been very lucky and done some crazy things. I uh, I've done some terrible things with other people as well. I th- I went through a period In the sort of uh, mid part of the last decade, trying to write uber pop songs with uh, like pop song writers, like Guy Chambers and people like that. And they were all disasters. And, you know, none of them got taken by anybody because I don't know how to write a standard pop hit. I just don't know what happens. And I always used to, uh, everything went too fast as well. And I'd have to excuse myself to the lavatory and s- sit there trying to pen the perfect couplet. <laughs> you know, I've like, making noise. <laughs> so, uh, it's yeah, it's hard for me to be in that environment, I must say. Is there anyone you'd like to work with then as a the logical follow-on? Um, it's hard because I think the people that I really admire are quite like me, so there would be terrible, sort of, just like awkward Yeah, um, situations. So, uh, you know, Randy Newman is one of my favorite people, and I can imagine that being a nightmare (laughs) trying to (laughs) write with him. Yeah. Yeah. He's
4: touring, isn't he? Uh, I hope so.
2: Yeah. How about you, Paul, Uh, anyway? Yeah, I've been lucky to to record very recently with a lot of people that I really admire, like um, Martha Wainwright and. Jones, policewoman, and uh, you know here with with Kathy Deebey and. and She's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I spent a while moonlighting as a drummer with various people. I always really enjoyed that. It's the one instrument I'm sort of proficient at. I, I'm a total chancer on, on the guitar and the piano. Really, be more of a rhythm as opposed to a lead player. Do you, uh, do, you,
0: do you find that that informs your songwriting then? If you're writing, um, do you because both have a lot of experience playing with bands. A lot of people, when they're writing at home, would write a song, and they're playing on guitar, and that's as far as they're probably thinking. Yeah. But you're writing, and you're probably um, thinking ahead to the production and the parts and the arrangements. Yeah. Does Th- that inform a lot of what you do? Uh,
2: yeah, <coughs> Yeah, uh, I've, I've often found that some, drum- some drummers don't play to the song; they're sort of all over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, the sort of the benchmark for that was always, uh, is it Jim, Jim Kentler. the dude who played with Elvis? Jim Kentler. Yeah. Yeah, he played with Elvis with and various people at mm. that time, but uh, had an amazing ability to play the song.
1: Yeah, what I love about that, I was watching that sort of Kings of Rock and Roll program on BBC Four last night, and uh, the drumming is so striking in those early rock records, because there's so little of it, yeah. you know. It's just somebody tapping something in the background, literally. That would be it, and everything comes from sure. the song, yeah. you know, and the brutally bad way that it's recorded, yeah. and that gives it its energy. Those multi-track yeah. recordings as fantastic,
2: well. like, like raw. Yeah. What's going on? There's some great yeah. stuff on, online. Of you can download the multi-tracks for, for for songs from that record, and there's often like there's two drum kids yeah. doing very little, as you say, yeah. yeah. just creates you know there's no, no one trying to sort of force some element to the fore and often in Motown songs all you can hear in the end is the tambourine <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> have you seen that documentary actually there standing on the, yeah. Of the town?
4: yeah.
0: very interesting and uh, the, the, another question we get asked quite a lot is publishing would you think it's essential often a lot of career uh, some at the start of their career feel they need a publishing deal in order to I don't know why, but often they do. Maybe to get the songs heard or to pitch songs. How important do you think a publishing contract or a uh, publishing deal <coughs> is?
2: Not at all, in my experience. Um, no, no, I mean I, I didn't even know what one
1: was until <laughs> I made a record, and then they, my my record company guy said, "Well, you'll need a publishing deal." A what? <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, it's a handy way of getting some wedge. Okay, <laughs> you know, yeah. know Never bad uh, but, uh, you know, it is just like a bank anyway, you know, yeah. they give you the money and they take it back off you. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I don't, um, you know, I often things come to me through publishers, but it's only because those people have... You know, gone to the, the, my publishers. It's not because they've gone out and found it. Okay, got gotcha. you.
0: So what, you mean in terms of artists who want to cover your songs? Yeah, because
1: supposedly publishers were set up that they would, you know, yeah. get your songs in, you know, places. Pitch them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's never happened in my experience. But there is
2: that, that. That's you know, since nobody's buying records anymore. That's again one of the new holy grails is is the sink, is yeah. the big film placement, is the out of the ad, or whatever that, <laughs> And my ad is thirteen years old. I need a new one. <laughs> <laughs> There's this sort of unseemly scramble, and, yeah. and you know prices are coming down because everyone's going. Oh, I'll give you something for nothing. Um, <clears> but again, publishers pro- can often promise these things and never deliver for a while there we were getting offers to do for booze ads that we were always... Not to be sniffed at. Turned down, but we, no we did, we, we just didn't want to do that and
1: uh...
4: Take the money! Yeah. <laughs> Maybe.
1: No, you're absolutely right, and uh... I've turned down things as well, uh... Um, but I've very rarely been offered them in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> but uh... I can't remember... Uh, There definitely have been ones, I've turned out. I'm sure I have, (laughs) I can't remember what they are now. But uh, no, I think that uh, early on, I remember a song of mine called Certainty of Chance being re-recorded to go on a network queue ad, which was like the people who fixed your car in Britain. (laughs) Uh, And it was such an appalling version they'd made of it that it really started, you know, from now on, well, at least I'm not going to allow them to do their own thing. And
2: did National Express
1: not come calling? National Express called every uh, every four years <laughs> on the hour, <laughs> and we, you know, listen to their ideas. And I I'd think it's just not yet. <laughs> the problem is that, it's, because the song, you know, had the name of the company in the title the moment that you put it on the ad for the company, then it is just the company song, and it ceases to be an independent thing. Whereas it was, you know, it was talking about what it's like to be on a bus, it, and the people you saw. It wasn't necessarily just, is National Express a fantastic call? <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's I've always steered clear, but it is my little nest egg. Let's <laughs> hope so they're still functioning by the time I'm 65.
0: Yeah. Hey, we- Talking at the very start there about the the National Concert Hall and the artist space upstairs, which is referred to, I think you said that.
1: Kathy dubbed it the Writers' Block, which I thought was very amusing. <laughs>
0: the Writers' Block. Oh, could you tell us a little bit about what goes on, maybe day to day or week to week, if
1: that's okay? We're all just hanging out, drinking. You know, <laughs> that's all we do. Well, at the moment, there's
2: a lot of sweating because the heat's on.
4: And yeah. I
1: can't
2: turn it off. Yeah, <laughs> I can't <laughs> turn it off. I'm going to my t-shirt. <laughs> So there's there's an image. We're
0: all Is there a, in the news. Yeah, <laughs> That's, uh, it's a trade off, I suppose, for okay. the for the wonderful. uh
1: in a lovely room. It's uh, so good of them to have us, you know, making a racket up there, uh, and um, you know, uh, and also, you know, you come in in the morning, and the other morning, I heard my favourite John Adams piece being played, being rehearsed, and I just went and stood outside the door for 15 minutes, you know, listening to it. So it has its perks. Uh, and also the feeling of going to work in like an institution I really like it, I feel like I'm in some 50s movie
4: uh,
2: you know, a civil servant <coughs> cool and, and also our corridor feels like a like a Victorian smallpox <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah
1: like a sanatorium yeah, yeah. Well, there's
0: definitely some songs in there and, uh, <laughs> should um, have been called the
1: insanatorium
0: uh, speaking of which just probably to finish off, is to uh, ask, what are you working on currently, or you anything
2: in... Yeah, but I, I, as Neil said, it's, it's great, to, like, I, I come to work every day, and there's a mm-hmm. lot of staring at the window, but there's, I find if you don't actually go and put yourself in the position to, to, to come up with songs, then the songs don't come. I, I used to have this sort of more romantic, silly idea, probably, that, that, that we were conduits for the gods, or something, and they could come, come knocking. But no, you do actually have to do a bit of work. It seems. And yeah, so I'm, I've been—I've written 10 songs this year so far. And so wow. we're try, uh, itching to get Gone with The Boys from the Boundary um, next month. Do, and we'll so, sort of start a new record.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, my new album is called Conduit for the Gods.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it just came to me. <laughs>
1: now, um, yeah. I've done a lot of weird stuff over the last few years. Um, I did a, an organ sort of uh, oratorio for National, no, the Royal Festival Hall in London, and I did a strange German cancer opera is the only way I can describe it, which uh, has been seen three times <laughs> and maybe never again. Uh, so uh, it's been odds and songs, and then last uh, autumn I went, right, time for a new record. And then it started going all synth-pop. I mean, I was just living my dreams, you know. It was total human league. It was brilliant. I can hear that wafting. Uh, yeah, can you hear the... <laughs> 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 um, but then, you know, a few months later, it started to drift back into reality. And uh, it's almost done. I've got, you know, oodles of songs. So I shall record it properly this summer and hopefully have it
2: out after Christmas.
0: Very good. Uh, when you have a guitar, would you like to do a song? Yeah. I, I, Maybe I a nice I way to do the I had a songwriting
2: uh, thing. Of, I lived in, in Smithfield uh, on the north side for a long time where there was a homeless man uh, called Rocky and uh, we befriended him over the years and. Um, he was he was a sweet really sweetheart when he wasn't drinking, but total nightmare when he was. And uh, he used to sleep out the lane in the back of the house, and my bedroom faced on the lane. And one morning I woke up and looked out onto where he generally slept on this pallet. And uh, this one morning he'd taken a lady friend. Um, so this is a song called this is a song called Rocky Took a Lover and as with most songwriting, there's a certain element of romance injected that probably wasn't there at all so (laughs) um, this is a conversation they may or may not have had
3: he said I want to shine in the eye of Orion but I drove my soul through the black hole she said wonderful way to wake me, but you weren't so nice last night, you're such an asshole when you're drunk, and he said, at least I'm okay in the mornings, he said the three wise men came a long way. Following that pinhole in the sky. Yeah, that one right there. She said, I don't believe in any old Jesus. If there was a God, then why is my heart the perfect time for kicking? He said, I'll shine for you. He said, I'll burn for you. He said, I'll shine for you, that's what I'll do. He said they're like headlights in the rearview mirror, they're closer than they seem. And from this gutter we're still staring at the stars. She said would you go and shite Cause last night all you did Was curse those stars You said they sang to you of hope He said the sun gives light And it takes it away But like all the greats It'll burn out someday She said I don't mind I don't want to get bored I don't want to end up Beached on the shore. I want to be that star. I want to be that star. Oh, let me be that star. I want to be that star. Because then I can shine Then I'll burn for you She said Then you see Then I can shine for you And that's what I'll do Yeah, that's what I'll do
0: finish and a lovely treat from Paul. I'd like to say thank you to Neil and Paul for their time. Thank you also to Kira Cuff and the rest of the staff at the National Concert Hall for making this possible. If you'd like more information on the National Concert Hall, please visit www.nch.ie. If you'd like more information on Song School, please visit www.songschool.ie. There will be song schools running in the National Concert Hall over the summer. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, it's at songschool underscore IE, or you can find us on Facebook. Thank you very much for your time. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the interview as much as I enjoyed making it. Thanks very much.